This is episode 72, Financial Planning. Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Michael Racine. Yeah, Maria's not feeling well this evening. Future Mr. Racine, Mr. Brooks. <laughs> is that what we're going to do? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, I like that. You're such a feminist. Thanks. Yeah. I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we drinking today? We have Rebuttal Chardonnay. It's a California Chardonnay from 2017. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read the back. Speaking of feminists, have you noticed this <laughs> recent trend where... Are you about to say something inappropriate no, during the wine segment? No. Already? Do the wine, do what the time wine is segment. It? How then? many seconds have we been segment. reporting? <laughs> what about the feminists? It's been 56 seconds. Well, I just saw this post on Instagram <laughs> yesterday, uh-huh. and some girl was like, it was in all caps, and she was like, male male reindeers lose their antlers in the winter, and women don't. That means Santa's sleigh is pulled by a team of eight strong females. We see you, ladies. <laughs> and and I was like, is that true? okay. It might, it might be true mm-hmm. that Santa's reindeer are women. Right. Fine. But what bothered me was there was a, the the, the person who shared that post was like, yeah, figures, a bunch of women pulling the weight of a mediocre white man yet again. And it's like, <laughs> you're going to call Santa mediocre. <laughs> right. That's rude. I mean, who else can go all around the world in one night? He sees like three billion kids in one night. Right. But but thanks to I mean, that. he skips that, over, you know. the Thanks to all those women pulling his sleigh. Thanks to the women, yeah. Yeah. So... And you know what? Maybe that's not Santa's fault. Maybe that is the fault of those retelling that story. Yeah. Remember, I still get mad about that old joke. I don't even remember what stand-up comic it is who was saying, like, so I was driving down Canal Street because that's how you get to the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh Uh-huh. And I just could never hear the rest of the joke because that's the wrong You're like, sayonara, pal. (laughs) I want nothing to do with you. Goodbye. You did not not do enough research for this joke. Mm -hmm. Anyway, rebuttal. That's the Chardonnay. It's oh, okay. a 2017 Chardonnay Is from that California. the one that you had oh, trouble goodness. opening last night? Yeah, we really... Am I we, talking over you? I'm sorry. We could not open this. Let me just read it, and then you can okay. say whatever you want. Okay. With its crisp and clean apple and pear flavors, beautifully balanced profile, and a subtly cream finish, we humbly offer this bright and refreshing rebuttal, a delicious and easy-drinking Chardonnay with just a hint of butter. Now, I don't know if it is uh, just me or coincidence but any wine that mentions butter mm-hmm. i love oh really like bread and butter wine sponsored our live events and they gave us a lot of wine too now this rebuttal and it has hints of butter mm-hmm. i love i never butter yeah yeah rebuttal but yeah okay yeah and it has hints of they said it has hints of butter Mm-hmm. it has a just a hint of butter so there's butter in the wine I don't know what that means. They yeah. hinted at butter in the wine. Yeah. But, um. That's like when you buy coffee now. It, the, the, like, because I like buying nice coffee at the store. Yeah. But, like, the the label doesn't tell you much. Mm-hmm. But it, but with the, with some of the fancy coffees, it will tell you the flavors that are in the coffee. So you'll look at the bag of coffee and, and, and it'll say, like, cloves and oranges. And, and then chocolate. you'll pick them up. Yeah, it'll yeah. be like chocolate and caramel. And you're like, well, what, what, I don't know, what candy Hot do I like? Flakes. I guess I'll yeah. pick out a. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll take a chocolate coffee. I almost got chocolate beer for this evening. Then I remembered we had this wine. Mm-hmm. This was gifted to us. Thank you, uh, Gail Merrifield. She was on. Shout out to Gail. Yeah. 
Thank you, Gail. She's going to be on a future episode, um, but she uh, left this here for us to enjoy. Nice. And I like that. She's hot, too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so today's episode, I already recorded an interview. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, it's all about financial planning for the speech language pathologist. Mm -hmm. And I I was thinking what's kind of funny is that... um, Finance and fiance are like similar words. Mm-hmm. Spell fiance. F I A N C E. And then finance. F I N. F A F I F I N A N C E. Yeah, so it's just an extra N. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I guess, like, while you're. But I think the but the the root. I don't know. Maybe the root language is different. Oh, I'm sure. I don't no, know. No, because what French it is. is a romance language, and so is English. I have yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm really good at s- pretending I know what I'm talking about. I, I oh. actually am pretty good at that. So that's how you made it this far. I, yeah, I take mm-hmm. a few. I take I, I find the information that I do know, and then I find a way to include that in the conversation. Uh huh. So I don't just sound things like a complete... that you're definitely sure of. Yes. Uh-huh. So I go. So like you you were saying like oh finance and f- fiance that's close, and I'm like well yeah but if. Fiance is a French word. That's like something I know. <laughs> yeah. And then I go, but the root language is probably different. But that, but I, and, and then I go, well, actually, the root language of fiance and finance, like both the root language of French and English is Latin. Right. True. They're they're both derived from Latin. Mm-hmm. So look at you. You're like a linguist. Yeah. But how, did, th- how did that happen though? People went around speaking Latin, and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, you know what? All the books were in Latin, weren't they? Yeah. So it was like they still do some church services in Latin too. Yeah. Did you take Latin in school? No. I was. I was gonna be like you would. Yeah. Like take some bullshit language in school. (laughs) Okay. You just lectured me on being inappropriate, and then you cursed. Sorry. You said a cuss word. I had. I already had a wine. Mm -hmm. It's not my fault. Mm -hmm. Um. So. We're later in the episode going to talk about financial financial planning in terms of your career as an SLP. But um, so we're doing some financial planning ourselves because we are getting married. Yeah, girl. We're going to the chapel and we're seeing the rest. Gonna get married. <laughs> and I can't wait for my special day. <laughs> Ow, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna wear a J. Crew suit. <laughs> We're gonna have rice balls and cookies and cookies and Frankie will walk down the aisle. We're not gonna eat him. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Are you gonna train him to walk down the aisle? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Well, are, I'm not dropping five hundred bucks on a dog train. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> are you implying that I won't do it? I don't have time to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in terms of wedding planning, we certainly have been pretty budget conscious. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think is important to keep in mind in this stage of our lives? I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we're paying for this wedding ourselves and, and we want people to have a good time. I mean, there's certain things that we can sort of cut corners on mm-hmm. and then there's things that we shouldn't. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like you just have to figure out what those things are and like, I don't know. Like, I want a giant T-Rex in the uh, room with a smoke machine. 
Oh, you did. You, that yeah. wasn't on the list. I didn't know that. You yeah. Well, that. I just yeah. I'm letting you know. You just right added now. that. Okay. Did that, you yeah. in, did you investigate any vendors? No. Oh. Okay. And I want a guy to come in and and dress up as Aladdin and just do like a meet and greet. You want Aladdin at the wedding? Yeah. Why Aladdin and not like Jasmine? Well, because it's about you. It's your day. So, so you got Aladdin because you think he'll be hot for me? No, just because he's cool. Oh, he's cool. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. This sounds like I a great wedding. can't have you upstage at your own wedding or like <laughs> have the focus off of you. Right. Are you saying a Disney princess would look better than me on my wedding day? No. I didn't think so. Um, yeah, so has anything been bothering you at all regarding the wedding planning process? No, but I haven't done much yet, so mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I hate that. I feel like I've said this so many times, but my mom was like complaining a little bit. And she was like, I don't want people to go to your wedding. And for years, they complain all they had was a cracker. Then she can pay for it. <laughs> she can fork over some freaking money over here. <laughs> and then when your mom recommended we have plastic silverware, those are the two things that just kind of like nearly sent me over the edge yeah yeah well we'll probably end up turning against both of our mothers by the time <laughs> this thing's over we're right. gonna end up hating our mothers but what, what can you do i was wondering like what could ever do that and then make you turn on your mother like probably plastic forks no your mom mm-hmm. i mean i'm stuck with mine mm-hmm. and i've always liked yours yeah yeah so it was like nothing's gonna make me not like mrs racine yeah but no she's sweet and, uh, yeah. We can have plastic forks, like the no! nice ones. No! Are okay. you crazy? No! Okay. No! I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, we have a show to get to. Do you have any financial advice for our listeners? Do I feel like we have yes. not really... Do not put <laughs> a lot of your money in Canadian weed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you know anyone who did that? No, I don't know anyone who did that personally. Right. I'm, I don't know a single Not person even one, no. who did that. But mm-hmm. what I would say is like, don't. Um, okay, if you're gonna invest your money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it's easy. It's, I mean, it's fun. It's not super hard. But don't make. And this is like something that I, I had to learn the hard way. But it's like you're not gonna double or triple your money. So don't right. make risky investments like investing in Canadian marijuana companies. Theoretically, or, yeah. you know. Because you will lose 75% of your money. This is just hypothetical. Just hypothetical. Yeah. 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 You're also unlikely to master a whole stock exchange system that you have just introduced yourself to that week that people yeah. have been studying Here's the thing, their though. entire if you, careers. If you can make 8% on your money... Uh-huh. That's good. That's more than you would make in a savings account. Right. But I think you're supposed CD. to do easy things like the S&P 500. Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, I made some money off off of that. That's good. But we weren't even talking about you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No. All right. So, uh, everyone, stay tuned. We have... And no um, Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Bitcoin. Oh, my goodness. I can't. I can't believe you. Um... <laughs> This is what happens when you have a Comedy Central half hour. You get too much money and you just invest it in the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Later in the episode, we are talking to Craig Goldschlager. He is a financial planner and a husband to a speech language pathologist. Isn't that a vodka? Goldschlager? Goldschlager? Like it has like... like 
Gold's Lager, there's like a cinnamon, no, a cinnamon liqueur that has gold in it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so he talks to us about some of the um, ways that SLPs can plan for their future, uh, pay for their student loans, and also the benefits of being a 1099 versus W-2. So stay tuned. This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is brought to you by the Informed SLP. Great clinicians need great scientific research to inform their practice. But how can we know the research with so many articles and so little time? The Informed SLP makes it easy. Each month, their team of scientists and clinicians find the research for you. They explain it without jargon, without the burden, and just for SLPs. So you can spend less time reading and more time treating. Visit theinformedslp.com and enter the coupon code WINENCHEESE, all caps, for 20% off. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and today I'm joined with Craig Goldslager. Say hey, Craig. Hey, everybody. Craig is a financial planner and husband to a speech-language pathologist. He specializes in helping SLPs plan for retirement. Today, Craig is going to talk to us about five major reasons why it was most beneficial for their family to have his SLP wife to change from W-2 to 1099. So I'm really excited to talk about all of this. But first, what am I drinking? So I have Rebuttal Chardonnay. It's a 2017 from California. Um... Chardonnay is a white wine. It's pretty good. I like it. And I paired it with some mozzarella cheese. And um, this wine was actually gifted to SLP's Wine and Cheese by one of our future guests on the podcast. Um, Her name is Gail Merrifield. And she's on another episode that's to come to talk about prompt. So thank you for this wine, Gail. And Craig, what do you have? So I was planning to bring some wine and cheese, as instructed by Deb and Maria, but <laughs> last night my wife decided to give birth to our second child. So oh my goodness, the nerve of her. Unbelievable, right? <laughs> so just as things can unexpectedly happen, I'm drinking a lovely cup of coffee in my Hello, My Name is Daddy mug. It's very cute. I could see <laughs> it here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, right. Audio platform, not visual. Right. But uh, And I'm also snacking on some things called hippies are you familiar with what hippies are I, I, they sound like hippie versions of cheese doodles that's exactly what they are and <laughs> okay. they're they're delicious i'll try not to eat too many uh to keep the audio quality good but they are delicious and healthy as healthy as a snack can be i guess right nice yeah. well done good for you um i know there's some stuff you wanted to say before we got started so let's handle all that important stuff now Yes. So just one disclosure that I would like to read states that uh, I am an affiliate and with a broker dealer by the name of Park Avenue Securities. And anything I discuss today on the show is for informational purposes only and individual situations may vary. So the information stated should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Makes total sense. So, Craig, why did you reach out to us to begin with? This is such a great topic. 
I've talked about it to a bunch of people. So I've been looking forward to all your information, but what led you to like, what made you want to get on this platform? Yes. Aside from being a fan, my wife and I are both fans of the (laughs) podcast. You guys keep the information so interesting. And as my wife and I are in your peer category, you talk about relevant topics. She deals with similar stressors and success stories every day. So how I got thrown into this mix was, as you mentioned, I do own a financial planning firm and focusing, working with SLPs and private practice owners. And so how I got into this world was as my wife was graduating with her master's degree, I started speaking to her graduating class in other universities in our local community. And so we were talking about conversations that you'd have going into your CF year. What type of things are financially relevant? What type of employer should you work for? How do you pay taxes? Just things that you do that you need to decide as you start working and graduate. I wish you came to my school because I had none of that information. So I'm, but I'm very happy that you reached out and now we're able to share this information with all of the listeners. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So to start off, you mentioned to me that you guys came up with five major reasons why it was best for your family to have your wife change from W-2 to 1099. Now, I have both 1099 and W-2 because I work for multiple locations. Um, my whole life, I was, I feel like, s- scared away from 1099 because um, basically just because the tax payment at the end of the, the year would have been unmanageable. So can you tell me a little bit more about the two choices? Yeah, it's a great question. So one of the advantages of working for a W, so let's start with what these terms mean. So the W-2 or 1099 are the tax documents that you'll receive at the end of the year. So W-2 comes from an employer. So if you work for a school district, a healthcare system, et cetera, at the end of the year, you'll receive a W-2 statement in the mail, and that'll contain your income, any taxes that have been withheld, any other deductions that you've made from your pay. A 1099 is simply the gross income that you earned from someone else. So in your situation, Deb, if you're working for a private practice owner once per week, she might just issue you a 1099 at the end of the year that says, Deb Brooks earned $20,000 from my practice this year. And that's it. So no taxes will be withheld. It's your obligation to pay certain taxes and take care of some other things down the road. Got it. Yes. So that's essentially one of that's how I live one of my career lives. Sure. So when you're working as let's take the first example, if you're working as a W-2 employee for a large employer, certain things that are welcoming about that world is they'll most likely offer you benefits. So Mm -hmm. if employer benefits are important to you, being a W-2 employee is great. They most likely offer you certain types of insurances like health insurance, disability insurance, life insurance, things like that. What they'll also do is they'll also withhold taxes from your paycheck. So they'll also contribute to some of those tax payments that you're talking about that have to be made. So keeping this at a high level for tonight, it's important to know that there are some benefits like that. Another one is oftentimes employers will provide a retirement plan option for their employees. Mm -hmm. So that in itself doesn't mean you have to set one up on your own. You can contribute to the plan. 
Sometimes they'll have a type of retirement plan called a 401k plan or maybe a 403b plan. Those I've heard a lot about common. 403b too. Yeah. Well, obviously everyone knows 401k, but I've yeah. heard that um, 403b is another alternative for speech pathology. Yeah. So if you work for a school system or a nonprofit, they often have a 403b and they work very similarly to each other. They get their names from the tax code line that they were from. So like 401k is section 401k. Not, not very creative, but it's where, it's where it comes from. And so the 403B, what will happen is you'll make contributions into that plan. And again, you don't have to set it up on your own. So the benefit of having an employer-sponsored plan is you can just put some money into that and help you save for retirement if that's one of your financial goals. Right. If you're an independent contractor, however, you will have to set those all up on your own. So not necessarily a bad thing, just some more paperwork and getting accounts opened up. There is some more flexibility as to the type of accounts you can open. So if you work for an employer and they have a 401k, you're going to have to contribute to their plan, use their investment options, use their choices. If you open your own retirement account, so a very popular one is called an IRA, an individual right. retirement account, and you can put the money into that account. And so you can choose the investment options that you want to put in that account. So right. by investment options, I mean you can invest in stocks, bonds, leave the money in cash, different instruments to invest the money. Uh, in addition to an IRA as a 1099, you can also do something called a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. And so what a Roth IRA is, the difference between an IRA and a Roth IRA is an IRA is similar to a 401k and a 403b and the fact that the money you're putting into those accounts go in and you receive what's called a tax deduction for putting that money in. So okay. for instance, if I earned $50,000 last year as a salary and I put $5,000 into the IRA, my taxable income for that year would be $45,000. Okay. So whatever you put into that, you don't get taxed on. In the current year, correct. In the current year, got it. Okay. So, so that's that's the advantage of the 401k or the IRA. The Roth IRA, if I put, same example, if I earn $50,000 and I put $5,000 into the Roth IRA, my taxable income is still $50,000 for the year. Mm -hmm. So you might be wondering, why would I do a Roth IRA? The benefit is the money that's invested will grow tax-free. The, oh, okay. catch, the catch on the IRA and the 401k is that, yes, the money you put in in the current year gets the tax deduction, but on the back end, when you start withdrawing the money, you have to pay tax on it on the way out. Oh, okay. So, so you sense. may be familiar with the saying, there's no free lunch. Right. That even though you're deferring the tax in the current year, you're going to have to pay it out on the back end. So right. one of the strategies that we'll work on with clients is figuring out what type of account is best for you. Does it make sense to have an IRA, a Roth IRA? both. It, it can really vary from situation to situation. And it's always important to know what your overall tax situation is. So mm -hmm. that factors into the type of retirement account that you can set up. And this is interesting because there are lots of different uh, positions as a speech language pathologist. So you can work uh, for an agency or a school or private practice, or you can work independently. You could be a private contractor you can work really so many different places. So even everything that you had mentioned, although I'm W2, I don't have all of those things that you said 
are desirable that are often connected to the W-2. So interesting. So yeah. right. It's, 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 every employer is different. It mm-hmm. really depends drastically and it's important to know what is offered by employers. So a lot of employers, if they're both offering you the same salary amount, the value of the benefits they're offering can be worth significant amounts over the course of the year, right? So if someone offers you health insurance, disability insurance, other benefits, you need to think about the total compensation that's being afforded to you based on the employer. Right. And these are all things that people should consider in their CF and their first licensed year when they are going for positions in speech language pathology, not yeah, totally. at that salary. Totally. And so you can, you can do both. Like what Deb is saying, Um, you just want to be careful about certain employers you work for. They might make you sign certain documents, something like what's called a non-disclosure agreement or a Mm non-compete. So if you work for an employer in your area, they might limit you and say, you can't work for another school system or hospital within 10 mile radius of our office. That happened to me with my first job. There you go. So (laughs) Yeah, I signed a non-compete and I didn't know really, but I mean, New York City is quite big, so I just worked in other neighborhoods um, for the time being, but uh, right. yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's I appreciate you sharing that because that's a, it's <laughs> yeah. an example I encountered a lot with a lot of the clients I work with and it, you just need to be cognizant. When my wife was working as a W-2, the same thing happened. She couldn't work mm-hmm. for somebody within five mile radius of the school that she was placed in. Yeah, so. I was like banned from Park Slope for a little bit, it felt like, but <laughs> I came back. Don't okay. worry. Um, That's the most important part. Is it, uh, is a non-compete usually um, like exclusive to a W-2? Yes. Okay. So as, as a 1099, remember, you're really working for yourself. Mm-hmm. You just, it, so as a 1099, you have a lot more flexibility you can go out and acquire your own clients and whether they're private pay or insurance based pay, you can seek your own clients. Other, other times you might want, you might know a private practice owner in the area who has a huge caseload and they're just looking to get more clients served. So you might work there one day a week. And one of the benefits of being a 1099 is that you'll most likely be able to earn a higher hourly wage. Mm-hmm. than being a W-2. And one of the reasons is because the private practice owner is not going to pay you those benefits. So as you don't need those benefits, you can make it up in pay. Mm-hmm. So depending on your situation, again, if if you're married or you have a partner, you can you might use their benefits. So you might not need right. the benefits. So at that point, maybe you should explore a different option. Right. That makes sense. And then personally, if you don't get your insurance through your employer, then it kind of makes more sense to do 1099 from my perspective, just based on the information that you're giving me, which is making me think maybe I might make some changes. When do you make changes in January? It's, you can make the changes whenever you want. It's uh-huh. from a from a tax perspective, it's easiest to do it on on Jan one. But right. kind of like my example about when your wife gives birth, you never know right. when things might happen. So, it's, you, you things don't usually happen on a calendar year. So you can make the transition at any point. You just have to make sure that you're receiving those W two documents, ten ninety nine documents, other taxable documents at the end of the year. So when you file your taxes, you have all the information you need. You got to be good at filing all your paperwork. Totally. 
All right. So what I've heard so far is that you get increased flexibility. You could have um, an increase in your hourly wage. What else is a benefit for using 1099 versus W-2? Yeah. Another one is I mentioned if, if you don't need the benefits, again, that the kind of links to the two examples you just said. If you're not using the benefits, right. th that's usually a reason you'll work for a W-2 employer or a larger employer group. Mm -hmm. uh, another advantage is you can open certain types of retirement accounts. So right. if you're contributing to an employer-based plan, you won't have the ability to necessarily do a tax-deductible IRA or Roth IRA. But when you are a 1099 contractor, you can open those two accounts. You can also open a third type of retirement account called a SEP, S-E-P IRA. And the mm -hmm. SEP stands for Simplified Employee Pension Plan. And that operates similarly to an IRA, except in IRA, the taxable amount that you can deduct is $6,000 if you're under the age of 50. A SEP IRA, you can contribute up to 25% of your annual compensation. So if you're, an, if you're an SLP making high five figures, low six figures, you can start putting a lot more money to, towards retirement if you're doing a SEP IRA. You can put away, like I said, 25% of compensation up to, I believe it's $56,000 a year. And then in general, where can SLPs go to reach to open these types of accounts? Sure. So you want to go to an, an, an investment firm. Um, oftentimes, so I try and limit the financial jargon I use because right. it can get very confusing very quickly. So you want to think about an investment firm where you can, you can do that online. You can work with someone like a financial planner, a financial advisor. And what they'll do is they will help guide you to open the account. And so you can, I like to use this analogy a lot. I like to use the gym example. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, well, I guess I can ask you, do you join it? Are you a member of a gym? Yeah. I like gym and class pass. So I kind of. Cool. Exactly. And when you, and when you go to the gym, do you ever work with a personal trainer? No, I don't like to be told what to do. Oh, well then, I, well then I guess I'll just tell you then to go open your IRA. I know, no, but so, I'm just, just when I'm sweating, I can't, like, that's the reason I can't salary. Oh, I, oh, I get it. So the, the main reason why I use that example, though, is for those that do use personal trainers, most people are comfortable going to a gym, right? They know how to use a treadmill. They know how to lift a dumbbell or a free weight. But sometimes you want the ability to work with a personal trainer who will keep you accountable, help you with the necessary technique or machines, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So you can certainly go to one of these custodians. A custodian is someone where, who holds assets for you. So another custodian might be a bank, like if you own a checking account, which mm. everyone does. If you own it with a large national bank, they're the custodian of your money. So the asset is literally, the money's literally sitting in the bank. Right. Uh, so if you want to open in one of these accounts, you can go to one of those accounts. You can either go to the large national bank there's you can like do it TD online your bank of america like these exactly standard banks like that are there. right and they have they have people there like financial advisors where you can okay. open the account you can also do it online there's tutorials that can help you open those accounts mm -hmm. um and then like i said once the account is opened you can go ahead and pick whatever type of investment options you want to put into those accounts 
And when we talk about investment options, those are the things that will, the type of investment. So it can be a stock, a group of stocks, bonds, cash, the different things to help you earn interest or rates of return to help increase the value of those accounts. And at what point in people's lives or career do you recommend that they get on board with these types of accounts if they're not in a job that provides it for them? Uh, It's a great question. So the answer I would say is as early as possible, but depending on your current financial situation, it may not be appropriate. And so if you have large amounts of student debt, if you have other forms of debt, you might not have the necessary cash flow in your life to contribute towards retirement. Bum, bum, but, bum. That's me. Uh, so it's like, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know you, it's like, I know you so well. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I have all the debt. Um, yeah. And it just feels like, uh, I pay a lot already. I look at the number, it simply gets bigger. I could pay more. I don't think it would make a difference because I couldn't pay. I think I'd have to pay triple what I'm paying for it to make like a hundred dollar difference or something. It's, it's definitely possible. So I work with clients that have debts, student debts well into the six figures. And Mm -hmm. so when you're choosing things like student loan options and how to repay student loan debt, it's, it's really important to know what options are available to you. Mm -hmm. So depending on your situation, like when you're graduating from CF or even as you're working, there are certain advantages and certain programs that can help you with the repayment strategies. So are you familiar with a concept called public student loan forgiveness? Yes, I filled out all the documents Uh and I am at the year. I haven't heard anything back. I think it's five years or when when did you so it's that one is no that's the one that is 120 qualifying payments yeah correct so i'm doing that but then what is that like seventeen thousand dollars uh well i can't i don't know the without knowing your statements and your situation i can't say the amount Uh but what happens at the end is whatever loan is left it'll be excused and you don't have to so it can save you from whatever debt is left plus whatever interest is owed so there's another one that I'm into. So I'm in that one, the 120, uh, 120 qualifying payments. But then mm-hmm. I'm also in something else that's just working for um, something like low socioeconomic neighborhoods um, providing services there. I'm not quite sure what it is. It's like one of the loan forgiveness, but really it just, it only gives you 17,000. Okay. Is that, and is that a, I'm not sure if that's a federal thing or a New York thing. Maybe it's an, I don't know. Is it again, education thing. If you work in a title one school, a school. Okay. That, yeah. Maybe, maybe you're teaching me something. I'm not familiar with that. I don't one. know. So, I could be wrong. I'm so, not often right. I don't know. I did. No, you're, you just nailed the 120 payments. There's yeah. a lot of people who get that number wrong. And if you miss one payment or you think you've hit that number, well then you don't get your public student load forgiveness. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I would say that it's important to work, with, you know, I talked about a personal trainer, but it is important to work with experts in their given fields. And so while I do know the basics of student loans and how certain programs operate, there are professionals that that's all they do. They are student loan experts and they can guide you on specific, to your specific situation. They'll analyze your outstanding loans. They will tell you what strategy makes sense. Maybe it's the public student loan forgiveness. 
Maybe it's just a straight refinancing. Um, they really, and again, these things can change based on tax law changes, whatever Congress says, there, it can be variable. Right. And so they're always on top of this stuff. And so oftentimes, depending on the case, I'll work with an expert with, on behalf of our clients to help figure out the best situation for them. Because right. at the end of the day, if you're talking about tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, by making the right decision, it can save you tens of thousands of dollars in interest payments and loan payments over the yeah. course of your life. So it's a, it's a big number. It's crazy. And definitely not something that you want to get um, away from you. Um, I feel like I, there, I don't have much worry in my life outside of student loans. It is probably my number one source of anxiety. I have a, I had zero option to do anything else other than take out student loans, like from living to textbooks, to the tuition, to anything that going to school required, uh, everything was a loan. So yeah, but it's, it's, it's at the same point, it's like a double-edged sword because it's afforded you such a great career, right? And it certainly improves your earning capacity and your ability to make more money. Certainly. So, so at yes. the same point that, that, that if, if most people have to take student loans and have to pay them back over time, but at the same point that helps you earn larger amounts of money over the course of your career. So it, it was a good thing. You've invested in yourself and your education and your ability to be the best SLP you can be. Right. And I, and I'm, I don't feel like it, I shouldn't have to pay. I just wish the number would stay the same. Just stop moving. Just, but I know like lots of people are just like, ignore the number, just keep paying your qualifying payments. Or it's, I, again, it's, it's hard for, I go back to the disclosure I said in the beginning, it's really yeah. hard to isolate and say specifically, but every situation is different but you do want to make sure that your money is being allocated appropriately. And so that's another important thing that it's not, it's important whether you're a W2, a 1099, a private practice owner, you need to know where your cash flow is going. And the financial term for that is budgeting. So just knowing where your resources are going and the cash every month, right? You earn your income, you have your money coming in, but it's all being deployed to different things, student loan debt, maybe a car payment, rent or a mortgage. You got to know where all these different, resources your overall status is to look at your overall net worth so i think it's an important barometer for people to look at and so certain times i work with clients their net worth when we first meet can be negative net worth being the difference between your assets so things that you own money in the bank money in a retirement account uh, and you subtract your liabilities. So that might be debts like student loan debt, car loan debt, et cetera. So the net worth is the difference between those two numbers. And if it's negative, you want to, over time, turn that number from negative to zero okay. and eventually positive, right? Power of positivity. SLPs are the most positive people I know. Right. So, well, we have to be. It's <laughs> no, for, for sure. That, that, that's its own podcast episode about why you need to do that. But uh, it's, it's important to track that stuff. And so budgeting, monitoring your net worth, all really important things. And just like we talked about different 
custodians or ways to open those retirement accounts. There are a lot of tools that are available. We have tools that we work with our clients on how to do that. There are a lot of other resources online available to people. If that's something to help uh, track that information, uh, you can certainly find it. And then it's sort of building those good habits and having the discipline to monitor, to track, to see how things are going, just like you would do with any client of yours, right? right. You, start them, you start them on an assessment, you put a plan of care together, and you want to see what they do over time. Look how much you know about speech language pathology. <laughs> it's unbelievable. If only I, it's crazy what you learn being married to one, let me tell you. <laughs> Very impressive. But I'm pretty sure if I were to quiz my fiance, he would not be able to say anything that you've said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a combination now of working with uh, or being married to my wife. Uh, I guess you could say I work with her too. But mm-hmm. um, we have I our team has clients in 15 different states. Really, all we work with are SLPs and private practice owners. So we're integrated into the world. We know the common concerns. We know a lot of the mistakes they are making, and really work to strategize to help overcome some of these concerns we've talked about today. And you know, I could talk about this stuff for hours. So it's, yeah. it's, there's a lot of information out there. Well, before we wrap up, I mean, I'd love to talk more, but um, you covered pretty much everything. I had lots of listener questions about um, student loans and then also planning for retirement. You spoke about all those accounts and then also the steps that people can take to conquer their student loans. Um, We like to end many of our episodes with a quote, something inspirational or a mantra or just anything that you tell yourself to get you through the day, anything that ever stuck to you in your life. Do you, I always forget to put this in the email, but but you know, what's so helpful. I have mine on a yellow post-it note on my desks. What is it? It's on my home office right now. I have one right here. I know again, it's an audio platform, but I'm holding it up and it says mastery is a journey, not a destination. And so I read a really impactful book called Mastery, and you really have to embrace the learning process, right? It's not something that comes over requires building those good habits, like I mentioned, with your spending and your savings to improve your net worth. But mastery is not something that can be conquered overnight. So in your world, the speech pathology world, you need your CEUs, you need to always be learning about new assessments. In my world, there's always new financial literature being written, research being done, knowing what's going on in the financial markets, and you always have to be cognizant of those things. So I'm happy to call myself a lifelong learner. I enjoy the process of learning. I think in order to be the best at any profession, you need to do that. So again, mastery is a journey, not a destination. That's perfect. Thank you so much for all of your expertise You've been great, Craig. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Tell Maria I say hi. Oh, I will. That's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening to SLP's Wine and Cheese. We have new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we'd appreciate it if you would review us on iTunes. If you like the show and want more bonus content, check us out at www.patreon.com slash SLPs Wine and Cheese.